0: All right, everybody,
1: welcome to Wednesday night service at High Desert Word Center, amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Yes, amen. Well, praise God, as you can see, it's nice and warm in here tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for that, and thank you, Lord, uh, for our HVAC technicians. They took care of some of that for us, so praise God. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight, amen. We are going to start our service by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, because we do believe that America is coming to Jesus. Are you with me tonight? Amen, Amen. all right? Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. You may be seated. All right. Well, we've got a few announcements to go over here uh, before we get into the service. First of all, as you can see, everything's getting set up for the Sunday service, so don't mind things being a little different than you normally see them. And uh, we're anticipating a large crowd, so we're going to be doing some extra rows closer to the altar even, so we're getting prepared for that. But I've got really good news. Does anybody like really good news? Or you? I believe you. All right. So I like really good news. And the good news is, is that we have a brand new married couple at High Desert Word Center. Doug and Alexis, Doug and Alexis, stand up. Come on, let's get these guys to stand up. They are officially married now. Amen. Yes. We are super excited for them. And uh, they got married on Monday. Yes, Monday. And uh, it was uh, just an awesome time. And we're so happy for them. So praise God. We speak the blessing of God on their life and on their home in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. We like to celebrate. All right. Well, um, we're getting ready for the big service on Sunday, and uh, of course it's going to be our, uh, our children's performance. The kids are uh, doing their play practice. In fact, they're all upstairs tonight practicing, so if it gets real loud, if you hear them making noise you're going to have to say amen even louder down here. We have we cannot let these kids beat us on the noise. So anyway, they're practicing tonight. Of course, there's a gift for every child that is there on Sunday. Every child that is there uh, will get their gift. And there's a big pitch-in dinner after the service. So stick around for dinner. And uh, again, we just need as much food as we can get for this. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we feed everybody and that we don't have to go to Little Caesars. Amen? I mean, we like them, but I just really don't like, you know, amen, amen, all right, praise God, you know, I'm not putting down this, uh, I, I want ham for my Christmas dinner, all right, and so I don't want crazy bread, so uh, let's make sure we get enough food in for that. In fact, we'll just go ahead and pass this around one more time. You guys may be getting tired of hitting this thing passed around to you, but we're just going to keep that thing going, all right? And also, we have invitations back there at the info booth. So if you want to invite somebody, and I know that you do, Miss Kathy's got a whole bunch back there, and you can invite somebody on Sunday. And guess what? Not only are they going to get blessed and get a meal and see the kids, but they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good tidings that was brought to those shepherds, amen, 2,000 years ago, all right? And I um, also want to remind you that there's no service this Sunday night uh, due to all the festivities. And then uh, our Christmas Eve candlelight service will be Friday, December 24th at 6 p.m. I encourage you to come out for that. It's a special night, only about a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes long. We're going to sing some Christmas carols together and, uh, and and hear the Christmas story and just celebrate Jesus uh, right there on Christmas Eve. So make sure you're here for that. And also, uh, the final thing I want to remind you of is the bookstore is doing 20% off of everything uh throughout the whole month of december so bibles books uh, you know the other faith uh, supplies back there so anything and everything in the bookstore is 20 percent off for the whole month so take advantage of that you can get somebody a gift get you a gift and hey just merry merry christmas right come on <laughs> praise god all right who knows what time it is now It's happy time, amen. So we're going to have Pastor come on up and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. And if you need an envelope, the ushers will get you one. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Nothing but good news. Pastor Dave's the good news man. Amen. I guess it makes me good news, junior or senior (laughs) or something. Open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and uh, we talk about the good news, but... How many know there's a lot of not good news in the world today? And uh, we're going to look at some scriptures. We're going to start off in verse 24, then look at a few more verses here. But the uh, thing is, the good news cancels out the bad news in your life. If you listen to it, receive it, and you apply it. That's how it works. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I I don't feed on the news all the time. But I saw enough what's going on in the near past. Don't, lots of boats out there at, uh, in the ocean, Pacific Ocean. But when that started, I was out in New England, the Atlantic Ocean, and saw boats out there too. I thought, what's all, what's all these, what's all these ships out there? We never saw all these ships out there waiting well, to come in before. Then we get out here, they're out here and all the turmoil and everything. And then every time you turn on the TV, well, inflation's up higher of this business, 1982. Well, now the real numbers are this. There's never been their numbers this high because they've changed it to make it look like 82 is the worst there ever was. But actually, this is the worst that ever, 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 ever. And then you know, was come to church and Mrs. Pastor saw a couple of gas stations. Said, Well, look at them there. How much was it? 529 and 535, two gas stations we saw. We don't buy gas there. But anyway, all 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 that, those things going on, and then I remember a few months ago, we like bacon and eggs. We're the older crowd that still eats a lot of bacon and eggs. And so she said, I can't believe it. I couldn't find any bacon today at the store, but what I found was eight dollars. Man, that's good news. well, doesn't that just light you up. <laughs> anyway, Matthew chapter 6. I want to say it again. <clears throat> the good news will override the bad news of your life if you receive the good news. And so it's really advisable to feed more of the good news than the bad news. Verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters. Two masters. Well, the Bible types what's the master that's the one controls your life tells you what to do tells you where you can go where you can't go wow that kind of sounds like modern times doesn't it it tells you all those things there and tells you if you got any money, what you can spend it on how much or how much not and so your master is what controls your life you know that uh in the bible days they called jesus master i still call him master how about you I want Jesus to control my life. No man can serve two masters. for Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else will he will be hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And my center column says riches. You can't serve God and riches. He didn't say it was wrong to have riches. He said you just can't let riches be the one that you serve, that you call your master. And, you know, I was thinking about Christians. With modern times, it's so easy to slip into the flesh and think if I just have one more job to work, two jobs, three jobs, keep on working. The answer is just work, 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 work. Well, in this story here, Jesus tells all these different things going on, and then he tells you how to how to do it right God's way and have everything you need anyway. And you know I don't miss pastor and I uh this is just a decision we made. When we got married, we decided That she was gonna be a stay-at-home mom. We seen the results of everybody else raising people's kids, what they was getting out of it. We didn't like it. So we decided and we stuck with it. We had a lot of lean times. We had a lot of times we didn't have all the fancy new stuff. We got hand me downs. But glory to God, in the long run, we have wonderful kids and grandkids, and we don't have the problems that a lot of people have because we made a different choice. We didn't let we didn't let money and things control us, is what I'm saying. Yes, that's what Jesus said. You can't serve God and riches. And then skip down to verse 31. And he talks about all the different things in between verse 24 and here. But then he says in verse 31, therefore, take no thought saying. And I I circled those two. That's two different things he's saying right there. Number one, I circled the take no thought. He's talking about anxious thought, worried thoughts. He said, take no thought saying. And so the thing is, the thoughts of worry, fear, what we're going to do hit all of us. But Jesus said, you didn't take it, you didn't buy it until you said it. He said, when you begin to speak out of your mouth, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? You see how high gas is? You see how high grocery is? You see how those kids are growing? You see how much school things cost right now? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, those thoughts hit everybody. Jesus said, don't take it. Don't say it. And so if you're not going to speak the thought, what are you going to speak? Well, you better know the word speak the word, what the word says. He says, don't be anxious. Said, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Look how much gas is. What about our clothes? He said, now look at this. This is what I want you to see right here. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. That's non-covenant people is what he means. People that do not know, they have connection with the God of the universe, with the Father of all creation. He said, all the Gentiles, in other words, he said, the unsaved people, says they seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Do you think that Jesus knows how much a gallon of gas costs right now? Do you think Jesus knows how many ships are sitting in the harbors, got your stuff on them? Jesus knows all those things. He said, your father knows. But then he says in verse 33, I want you to notice here, he says, but seek. Well, we just saw the word seek. says the Gentiles are seeking things. And Jesus said, don't seek the things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these what? Things shall be subtracted from you be added to you now no i really want to exhort you and not making a play on woods to be words to be funny but think about this jesus said if you put god first things are added not subtracted now christians that don't really walk very close to jesus they don't get that and they're afraid and they say well i really want to go to that church service i know they're preaching on such and such boy we we really need to hear that but We're going to lose things. We're going to lose things if we keep going to church. We're going to lose things. Jesus said just the opposite. He said you don't lose things, you gain things when you put him first. And so, you know, I just just want to admonish everybody, you know, the ones watching out there on the Internet and everybody, especially the day we live in the condition of the world today and things going on. It's a really great time not to back off but to get more serious with the things of God. And, you know, I want you to think about this. Basically, we call ourselves faith people. What is faith people? People of faith are ones that believe God meant what he said and said what he meant in spite of what they see. And so no matter how high the prices are, how great the needs are, that's called faith. When you say the word of God says, put God first and he adds these things. And you know, Mrs. Pastor and I, some of the different things that we've needed the last uh, year or two, things we need, we refuse to get into debt to borrow and again, let let, let some loan country be our master. And so we believe God for things and it would amaze you the things that show up. We had something the other day, we was talking about something we're going to be doing in the future. I said, well, one thing about it, if faith, if faith can't get it, we don't need it. Faith will get things that your overtime can't buy. Because every time, every time, every time you think you're going to get it, that inflation will raise the price again. So you have to work some more to try to get it. Amen. And so just keep that with you for the season we're living in. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things you need to be added, not subtracted. Amen. Amen. Amen let's make our financial faith confession, and then we'll bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar and worship the Lord with it. And don't forget, this is not like making a payment on a loan when you put money in the bucket for Jesus. It's giving something to the Father. It's giving something to Jesus. And as you're putting it in there, do it gratefully and say, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm blessed I'm able to do this. And as long as you keep your heart and your words hooked up with your offering, then you're going to see great results. Amen. Amen. Well, let's say this together. You stand up. As we bring the Lord's tithe, I give offerings today. We believe we receive jobs our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off. Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give justly to the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
2: to join us at the altar as we worship together. But you can sing from your seat as well. Let's sing. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, you. your name is the Raior. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and divide, Oh Jesus, our Savior. still stands, and great is your faithfulness,
3: faithfulness,
2: I'm still in your hands, and this is my comfort. You are still enough and keep me within your love My heart will sing your praise again See your promise Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence your faithfulness, faithfulness, are I'm still in your hands, this is my confidence that you never failed me, and I never will forget, that you never failed will forget you never failed me
1: Hallelujah let's raise our hands for a minute tonight. And is there anyone in here, you have seen him move the mountains in your life. Hallelujah. Time and time again, he moves the mountains. Amen. Father, we love you tonight and we thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. We thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we know that the best is yet to come still, Lord. And I thank you that as we lift your name high tonight, as we glorify you, God, that you're going to draw all men unto yourself. And I pray that as we open our Bibles tonight, as we study your word you're going to speak to every single person here in the mighty name of jesus i thank you lord for you having your way tonight in jesus mighty name hallelujah hallelujah can we give the lord some praise tonight amen amen thank you jesus you may be seated all right, well, we are going to get into the Word of God tonight amen and and going to see what the Lord wants us to see this evening all right cletus you 're looking good bro I like that <laughs> I like what you 've done That's that's, that's cute that 's cute amen all right but um I, as I was praying about what to uh, preach about tonight i had a, I had some different topics that you know I, I wanted to go with, but I really felt the Lord speaking to me about the topic of loving your neighbor tonight, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to break that down just a little bit more, but I understand that, hey, here at the Christmas time, the holiday time of year, uh, it, it seems like, you know, it brings out the best in a lot of people, and then it does, you know, seems to bring out the worst in some people. And I also know that, uh, even amongst your own family, even amongst your own kinfolk, it can sometimes cause tensions to rise. And I think it's very important to note that Jesus himself, uh, had some family issues, and I'm not going into all that tonight, but no family is perfect. Every family, uh, you know, deals with, with different things, but In the name of Jesus, and by the power of Jesus, we can overcome those things. It is the will of God for you tonight that you have peace within your home and that you love each other. Amen. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And, you know, I was watching the Home Alone the other night. Anyone ever, you know, home, little Kevin, I mean, you know. And uh number two, number two, that's as far as I go. You don't watch anything past Home Alone 2. There's they're junk after that. But I was watching Home Alone 2. And sometimes, you know, as a parent, you're sitting there wondering, like, you know, am I doing a very good job of this? Am I? And then it dawned on me, like. I have never lost a single one of my kids, and I've got four of them. I, that's pretty good. And I'm watching this family, and 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 really, I felt like I felt like the dad of the year after watching that. I'm like, I'm I'm a great dad. I've never lost any of these kids. But uh, you know, all joking aside, as we look at that, it's kind of a picture of what we see a lot of holiday seasons and Christmas seasons is there's all sorts of turmoil and anxiety and going at each other and all this stuff. And, and it does not have to be that way. And sometimes people are like, well, that's just the way it is. And that's not a phrase that I like to use because that may be just the way it is for the people of this world, but you are in this world, but you're not of this world. I live here, but I'm of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so all the different laws and, and, and things that they say, well, it's just that way. It may be for them, but we aren't them. We're the children of God. You don't have to put up with all that stuff. And I mean, you need to get that revelation in your heart that you are not like everybody else in this world. You have been adopted into the family of God you are a daughter of God you are a son of God because of what Jesus did on the cross he reconciled us to the father himself and so yeah there's things in this world that people just have to put up with it's oh, that's just the way it is but we are not like that we're different than them amen and so i'm telling you that even at this time of year the christmas time and all this i'm telling you right now that it is possible for you to have the love of God, the peace of God, and the joy of the Lord in your life. And I'm gonna show you how tonight, amen? And so I'm gonna take three things that Jesus said. Three things, I mean, I'm not, this is straight from Jesus. This isn't me making this up. I'm just gonna straight show you. These are words from Jesus. And so the first thing we're gonna look at is this. Number one, Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Who in here has heard that before? I mean, everyone's heard that. We even call it the golden rule. People that aren't even really following Jesus have at least heard this phrase and are familiar with it. But I want you to see uh, straight from Jesus right here. Let's look at Matthew chapter 22. Am I at the right place? Because at my church, people say amen when we talk about the Bible. Matthew chapter 22. <laughs> All right. Matthew 22, and we're going to look at verses 36 through 40. And I'm telling you right now that uh, you need to hear about the love of God tonight. And I believe we need to be reminded of this. Matthew chapter 22, and we're going to look at verses 36 through 40. Jesus saying, love thy neighbor as thyself. And I find that oftentimes the portions of scripture that maybe you feel like you've heard the most, and you're like, well, I've heard that. I mean, I, I already knew that. It's very easy to let some of these things just slip over our head and be like, uh, well, you know, I don't, you know, I get that. But it's one thing to get it in your head. It's another thing to get it in your heart. You got to hear this tonight. Matthew 22, and we're going to look here at verse 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Someone asked him. Jesus replied, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now look what Jesus says here. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now this isn't, again, this isn't just some cute phrase or some golden rule or or just some nice thing to teach yourself and your children. As a New Testament Christian... You have two commands, love God and love people. Do you know how many commands they had in the Old Testament for the Jewish people? 613. Come on, 613 commands. And the New Testament tells us if you broke one, you're guilty of breaking every single one of them. And so if you mess up even in one of the 613, you're just as guilty as if you had broken all 613 commandments. That's a kind of a heavy thing to live with. And I know some people that they're, you know, they're like, well, how come you don't, you don't obey this part of the Old Testament law? Because I am a New Testament Christian. And I have two commandments from Jesus. Love God with all my heart, Soul and mind and strength, and then to love my neighbor as myself. Romans chapter 13 says that love fulfills all of the old covenant and all of the law. I am to love God with everything I've got, and I am to love my neighbor as myself. And so people are like, oh, easy, I got this. Two commands. Well, hold on now. Sometimes I find that. Maybe I'm not really loving God and honoring him in the way that he deserves. And I've also found that sometimes it's really hard to love my neighbor as myself because, hey, anybody in here, you've got some annoying people in your life. Hey, get real quick. Listen, sometimes it's not super easy to love other people because they're not as awesome as you are. Are you feeling what I'm saying right now? It's like, hey, if they had it together like I do, this would be easy, but they are messed up. No, we are to love our neighbor as ourself. And Jesus said, loving God and loving other people, that fulfills and 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 that covers all of the Ten Commandments and all of the Old Covenant, and so one thing that I've noticed, you know, is this: sometimes the things that we get mad at everybody else for are things that we actually do ourselves and and you know that's just a, just an observation that i've made over the years and, and so let's just a very basic refresher course you may be thinking well this isn't the deepest thing i've ever heard i was hoping to get some some deep teaching well until we master this little thing let's just focus on this for a minute and so check it out uh uh, uh sometimes we get mad at everybody else for the exact same thing that 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 we're doing and and, and so let's just break down this love thy neighbor as thyself thing if you don't like people doing a certain thing to you, don't do it to them. Easy. I mean, you know, that's not that deep, but it's the truth. If you don't like getting yelled at, don't go around yelling at everybody else. Can I get an amen tonight? You guys you guys, are just like, come on. You act like I just took your toy away from you. Check it out. Stick with me on this, please. But but I, I've noticed that some people are like, man, I hate it when I, no one's going to yell at me. No one's going to talk to me that way. And then that's the exact same person that yells and talks down at and is mean and rude and nasty to everybody else. No one's going to talk to me that way. I don't put up with it. And then they're the exact person that does that to everybody else. I know some people are like, man, I hate it when somebody, uh, you know, they make a commitment, they make a promise, and they don't keep it. And then, hey, what are you doing? Doing the exact same thing that you're getting mad at everybody else over. I've seen this so many times. If you don't want somebody doing it to you, don't do it to other people. It's not that deep. It's not that heavy. But this is absolute truth from God's word. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And this especially can go true in our homes because, you know, Jesus says your neighbor. And so uh, in Luke chapter 10, some guy was like, okay, well, then who's my neighbor? You know, thinking he was going to pull one over on Jesus. And Jesus isn't just talking about the people that live within your uh, immediate surrounding. Jesus goes off and tells the story of the good Samaritan. And his point out of all that was this, everybody's your neighbor everybody. It's like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He has all these neighbors. and I'm like, where'd that guy I've never seen him before. Well, listen, everybody is your neighbor according to scripture and according to what Jesus said. And so again, we are to love our neighbor, love other people, treat them how you want to be treated. It is not rocket science, but it is also not the easiest thing in the world to do. And so Jesus said that the entire law and all the prophets can be summed up in this one thing, and so again i, I just I, I feel that uh, I really need to uh, uh, talk about family stuff tonight, family issues, family matters for just a minute because it's one thing to you know get upset with your coworkers it's one thing to to get hurt by uh, you know somebody that you don 't even know somebody at the grocery store or something, but the truth of the matter is you can. Hopefully, get over that pretty quick. Well, you know what, whatever, I don't even know that guy. But at the same time, I really believe that even at this time of year, when Jesus is wanting to bless your family, when Jesus is wanting to uh, bring you closer together, the devil wants to come in and tear you further apart. And he wants to, he's always wanting to twist what God's doing. He's always wanting to, to come in and, 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 and kind of make a mockery out of it, but check it out. This really, this time of year is a wonderful time for you to get closer to your family, for, for you to, to have the love of God and the peace of God. And Satan would love to come in to your home right now, this time of year and do the exact opposite and bring strife bring anxiety, bring you getting mad at each other, the mom and the dad fighting, the kids fighting, the dog fighting, everybody fighting each other. And I'm telling you that we can overcome this, but a simple way that Jesus said to do this is, hey, treat them how you wanna be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself, do to them even as you want things to be done unto you. It's not rocket science, but it is the absolute truth, from the Word of God, and I speak from experience, man. I had a big family—eight kids in our family. Now, hold on, hold on to your seats for a second, because you're not going to believe the next statement I'm going to make. We had eight kids and one bathroom. You think I don't know how to forgive people? I've been there, and so, <laughs> but but the good news is we had hundreds of acres of woods behind our house, so we just. You know, that that was really set up. Now, in the winter time, that could become a bit of a struggle, but we, you know, we made it work. But I, I know this much that it is possible to even love your brother or your sister or your children or your mom or your dad as you want to be treated and with the love of God. Now, Jesus, we're looking at three things Jesus said. Number one, he said, love thy neighbor as thyself. We all kind of get that. I'm getting ready to drop kind of a a little bit of a bigger truth bomb on you. And you may be thinking, I didn't come to hear that tonight. I came to hear, I I wanted to feel encouraged. Well, it's the word of God. And so we need to look at this. Number two, straight from the lips of Jesus, he said, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. He didn't say that. Well, Well, I'm gonna show you, he did say that. But at the same time, and that's a big point, you know, usually, but but he said, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Now, is it a sin to get angry? It's not a sin to get angry, but here's the thing. Most people don't harness that anger and control it. It's a sin to let anger control you. The book of Ephesians says, be angry, but sin not. And so what I found is that, you know, uh, any of our emotions, any of them can be harnessed to do really good things, or they can be harnessed to do destructive things. You, can, you know, as I've said, you know, you can have the emotion of happiness and go do something really stupid just because you were all of a sudden, you know, in a really great mood. And then you realize later, like, well, I probably should not have done that. I, that was, oh, my goodness, what happened? Uh, or, or you can harness your happiness for good things. And, and it comes the same way with anger. You could be see something wrong, and uh, you know what? I, that makes me angry. I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fix that situation. Jesus was angry when they were using his father's house right as a as a shopping mall. They were making it into a carnival. They were making it. They were disrespecting the house of God. Jesus got so angry, he's flipping over tables. I mean, he choke slammed a man through a table. It's in there. Someone, I'm kidding. He didn't do that. But but it was just it was getting crazy. Yet Jesus never sinned because there's a righteous anger that the scripture tells us about. But here's the thing is that a whole lot of people with anger, they don't harness it or focus it in the right way. They, you know, do destructive things with it. And so Jesus said, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject, you are on the verge of judgment. Check this out. Matthew chapter five. Let's flip there. Matthew five. You still with me tonight? You still glad you came? Okay. All right. Hey, we're, Hey, we're, we're here to help you. We are here to help you. So we're in Matthew chapter five and we're going to get verses 21 through 22. And for your convenience tonight, I've, I think I've got all the scriptures in the book of Matthew. So I'm like, Hey, they've had a long day. They don't want to be flipping all over the place. We got this Matthew five verses 21 through 22. Now, Sometimes Jesus, I mean, he just had to lay it down out there. He had to lay out the truth. And uh sometimes the truth isn't always, you know, comfortable. The truth isn't always exactly what you want to hear. But that doesn't change the fact that it's true. The truth is true. There's a deep one for you. But Jesus laid it out here for us on this one. And so this is actually during the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon in the history of the world. Matthew chapter five, and we'll look here at verse 21. He said, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. And everyone agrees with that. Like, yeah, man, you can't murder. Everyone knows that. But Jesus takes it a step further. But I say, so notice what he just did there. He's like, you've always been taught. The old covenant tells you, Moses told you, I know you've always heard it this way, that you just can't murder. But then Jesus says, but I say, there's a new way of doing things. If you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Whoa, that's, I mean, that's kind of, that's getting real right there. But Jesus takes this word thing and how we treat other people very, very seriously. And and a lot of people, you know, these days, even Christians are like, yeah, we don't got to follow all those old rules. We don't got to follow all that stuff. Quit trying to tell me how to live my life. Well, check it out. Jesus made things a little strict here when he said, there's just two commandments, love God, and so people are like, oh, I can do that. But you've got to do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Don't just say, I love God. Really, really, really love God. Then he says, love your neighbor, or whatever, as yourself. And, 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 and then he, he lays out more outlines for us here on how we're to love people. And I'm telling you, as a Christian, you have no business calling other people names. I mean, that's not a popular thing to hear. That's not a popular teaching. You shouldn't call your husband an idiot. You shouldn't call your wife some sort of name or your children. That's wrong. And Jesus said right there, if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. No one wants to hear this stuff. No one wants to talk about this stuff. But Jesus himself said it. It is super important how we talk to other people. And I know sometimes, again, if we just let our anger get the best of us and we just glow up, God will forgive you. But what I'm getting ready to show you in a minute tells us that you're going to answer for every word that you've spoken in this life. And, and 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 that's just, that's a very sobering thought to me. And even now, you know, there's a, a I'm not going to go into it, but there's a popular phrase being used across the United States right now and uh and some people think it's silly and and i'll just go on record saying that i'm not the hugest fan of uh, the current president i I pray for him every day, but there's no way in the world that i'm going to call the man names i'm a christian i'm a child of God I don't call people names and i've even seen preachers and pastors getting behind this phrase and I'm like. Not a chance in the world. Pray for the man. Don't don't curse him. Don't, how stupid can you be? The guy that's in that 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 holds a lot of power over your life, and you're going to sit there and curse the man? Come on. I was going to say, are you stupid? But I want to call you stupid. But you know, you you, you just identify yourself. If, you know, if you're stupid. But at the same time, don't. You're a child of God. We don't act like that. We don't call names. We don't insult. We don't curse people. Whether we like them or not, you're in danger of the fires of hell when you do that. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Who's coming back Sunday? I, I mean, come on. I, we know not to empty a crowd here. This is good stuff. All right? We have to guard our mouths. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Are you still with me this evening? Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 37. Now, here's an inspirational verse from Jesus. Um, it's a good one. I know that uh, you know, we, we like some of, the, some of the more compassionate verses, but Jesus had a very straightforward side as well. Here we are, Matthew chapter 12 in the new King James. And Jesus said, hey, brood of vipers. Whoa, listen, I hate snakes and I don't want to be called one. But how bad is it when Jesus Christ himself is like, hey, brood of vipers, check this out. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you realize how powerful of a statement that is, right there? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And the people will, will blow up. Well, it's not. I, it's not how I. What I really meant. Hey, what's on your heart comes out of your mouth. Listen. If I know somebody that just loves sports and they're upset. They just talk about sports all the time because it's on their heart. If they've just got some girl that they just love, I mean, you hear about it all the time. I was in youth ministry for 10 years. Do you know how? Anyway, I mean, I just, I've heard a lot of this, I love her. She's the one. And then next week they found another one. I'm like, come on, kids. You're in seventh grade. Just cut that stuff out. It's, it's, but, but, but whatever is on your heart comes out of your mouth. If you've got Jesus and the word of God on your heart, you talk about Jesus. Everywhere you go, you're at work and somehow the conversation just turns to Jesus somewhere in there. If you've got politics all over your heart, you're at work and somehow you find a way to weasel it in and work that in. Because Jesus himself said, whatever is on your heart, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What a telling statement. I mean, and and I've seen that proved true all the time. All the time, you prove that statement to be true. But look at this, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. That's something to think about. All the words. That's oh, just words. I just, you know, whatever. I, I said it. I called him that. But we, whatever. We just move on. That's fine. You may just move on. But in the day of judgment, you will give an account for the words that you have spoken in this life. Now, that's something that I just kind of think about. Like, oh my gosh, wow. Do we have to go back? Do we? Do we have to replay that? Do, but it's the truth from God's word. And then he says in verse 37, for by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. And so you may not care very much what you say, but apparently Jesus does care very much what you have to say. And there will be a conversation at some point in time with Jesus himself about the words that we have spoken in this life. Our words tell a deeper story. They really do tell what is in our heart. And so I'm just cautioning us and telling us right now that, hey, you want to have love in the home? You want to have peace and joy? You want to have a nice family life this Christmas season or just a nice pleasant life all around? Love your neighbor as yourself and then watch out for the words that you're speaking to everybody else. Amen. Because we will give an account for him. All right. Who's ready for number three? I can tell. I mean, we're just hitting it tonight. Uh, Number three, Jesus said, love, bless, do good, pray. He said that I'm going to show you. Jesus said, love, bless, do good and pray. Oh, he must be talking about for uh, the people that I love a lot. And no, he's talking about the people that are technically your enemies. That's how Jesus said you treat an enemy. So let's flip back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And, you know, Jesus, we've heard these things in our life. And i like to point this out, that up until this point in time, the disciples, the people that Jesus were talking to, they were Jewish people that all they had ever known was the law of Moses. All they had ever known was the old covenant. And for good reason. I mean, that was the... Scripture that was the word of God. That was the way to do things up until Jesus comes and makes a new covenant. And so we hear things uh, like I'm getting ready to read here where Jesus says, "Hey, uh, love your enemies." And for us, we're like, "Yeah, I know that. I've I've been hearing that since I was a little kid." But to these people, this was a mind-blowing, earth-shaking, brand new teaching that they had never heard before. Because under the law of Moses, it was an eye for an eye. If someone you know punches you in the eye. By law, you're allowed to punch them back. A tooth for a tooth. They knock your tooth out, you are allowed to knock one of their teeth out. And it was always even. If somebody did something to you bad, you were allowed to do the exact same thing back to them bad, as long as it was equal. You mean, you couldn't take two of their teeth out for one. There's no two for one. Hey, well, i got to buy one, get one free thing. No. Always even, one for one. But then Jesus shows up and says, I know you've always heard it this way, but... We're going to change things up a little bit. You know, you ever go into work and they're like, we've always done it this way, but we're kind of changing some things up. That's what Jesus is saying to these guys right here. He's like, the old way, yes. If they punched you, you could punch them back. But I'm telling you, there's a new way. If they slap you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. If a soldier says, carry my gear for a mile, go the extra mile, go two miles. And, And he says, if someone's mean to you, the new way is you have to be nice back to them what? I can just imagine Peter blowing up right there and and James and John, the sons of thunder. I can imagine the disciples being like, this is, what are you talking about? It's never been this way. But when Jesus comes into your life, things change. They've never been this way before, but praise God, his way always turns out better. And so Matthew 5, verse 43 in the new King James He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor or those that are nice to you and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And we're like, my gosh, what is this? This is a new thing. Well, let's break this down real quick on how Jesus said you're to treat an enemy. Now, I'm sure everybody in here, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I don't want to put you on blast like that, but, but check it out. You probably have somebody in your life that could fall under the category of not being your best friend, at least, right? I mean, maybe you don't see eye to eye. Maybe uh, you don't like them. They don't like you. And, and, and you know, in the world, we would say that's an enemy, but we don't want to use that word. So let's just say there's somebody in your life that you are just not getting along with. Well, I'm going to give you the key how to handle that situation. Would you like victory in that? Would you like to see victory in your battles with other people? Would you like to see victory in any situation where you've got an enemy? Well, Jesus told, it's not easy, but Jesus told you exactly how to do it. Number one, love, love them. And the word that Jesus used here is in the Greek agape, which means unconditional love. That means you love them whether they deserve it or not. I'd love them if they were nice to me. That's not what he said. He said, love them anyway, even if they're mean to you. And again, this says, this is going against everything that these people had ever heard. The second thing he said is, bless. Bless them. Love them? Bless them. And, and, and the word that Jesus used here is, is, is a a verb. All right. It's this Greek word eulogio, and it literally means speak well of. So check it out. This is, when I when I studied this out, it was almost it was like what in the world? Jesus said, "Speak well of those who curse you." That does not come naturally. That does not line up with anything that's in your natural human instincts. But Jesus says, "Someone talk, goes around talking bad about you. You go and say nice things about them." Well, I've never done it that way. Yeah, we can tell. We can tell. Listen to me. If you will start doing things Jesus' way, you're gonna get different results. I remember, uh, I remember this one job I was at, man. Uh, there's this, there's a lot of gossiping. You ever had a job where there's just a lot of gossip? And it's real easy, even as a Christian, to get drawn into that. And newsflash, as a Christian, you're not supposed to gossip. The night shift hated the day shift. The day shift talked about how lazy those bums at nighttime were. And I'm like, we're kind of working. I need them to do a good job so I can still have a job. So I'm rooting for the night shift. You know what I mean? And and so I, and there's just all, oh, did you, and, uh, well, I'm, I'll stay away from that. But uh, but there, this one girl is, did you see what she's wearing today? I'm like, well, we're all wearing the same, it's a restaurant. We're wearing a visor and a t-shirt. Did you, see, did you see the way she looked at her? And, and just, oh, stop. And after a while, even, well, I was a young man. I was i was 19. But after a while, I started letting this stuff, I started getting sucked into it. Yeah, I saw what she was wearing, the the nerve of her. Yeah. Well, I didn't, okay, I didn't. maybe I didn't Z-snap, but I was getting into it, okay? And after a while, it, it dawns on me like, what in the world am I doing? I am getting sucked into this this mess i don't want to be like that and the more that i got in with the gossip crowd just the more negative and stupid that i felt and so one day they came in and they wanted to just trash this one person that i was not fond of anyway and i'm like you know what hey you know she, she does a good job she knows what she's doing and 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 we're, i don't you know if you guys want going to talk about her i don't i don't want to talk about it anymore well what's wrong with you You think you're better than, no, I'm just, I'm a Christian, and these people claim to be also, but I'm a Christian, and I don't want to talk about people anymore, that's wrong, and you know, that didn't, I think that they went to the corner to talk about me after that, but still, at the same time, listen, bless those who curse you, what's the next thing he said, do good, this means when somebody hates you, and someone's doing bad to you, you do good to them, well, that's not the way I see it, that's fine, see it your way, but. This is what Jesus said to do. Do good to those who hurt you. And the final thing he said is pray. Question. Can you imagine the difference it would make in our relationship situations if we would pray for people? I'm telling you right now. Someone's giving you a hard time. When you start to pray for them, you don't see them as some mean, wicked enemy. You start to see them like, oh my gosh, that's... That's a person that God almighty created. And my heart breaks that they're, they're, they're being that mean. There's, they've got to have something really bad going on on the inside of them for them to act that way and to lash out. And when you pray for people that are giving you a hard time, it'll begin to change the way that you see them. And my goal and my prayer in life is I want to see people the way that God sees people. Because when we see people the way that God sees people, it changes how we treat everybody. You may want to blow up at someone and, and, and you say, you know what, this is somebody that God made. God remembers when they were just a little baby. God remembers and he's seen every day of their life and he has a plan for their life. And what good's it going to do if a child of like God comes in here and fights with them? You think that's going to draw them to Jesus and get them to heaven? No, it's not. And so pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I'm going to show you one last verse tonight, one last verse, 2 Timothy chapter 4. I've tried to cram a whole lot into about a half an hour of time tonight, <clears throat> but second Timothy chapter four and, uh, and, and and as we already saw we 're all going to give an account for the words that we 've spoken in this life, and I know that the people causing me trouble they 're going to have to answer to God about that i 'm not going to step in and be the judge jury and executioner, they're going to have to to speak to God about that and answer to Jesus about it. But there's no way in the world that I'm going to try and retaliate in some sort of a word battle with other people. I pray for people that their eyes would be open. Pray for God to have mercy on them. Pray that there could be a healing and a restoration in the relationship. But here's what I want to show you. Is 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is the very end of Paul's life. The Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy, is the very last letter that he wrote. He wrote all these books of the New Testament. I mean, you go through all the epistles, boom, boom, boom. Romans, the Corinthians, the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. He wrote all these, but 2 Timothy is the last letter that he ever wrote, and he wrote it to a young man named Timothy, who is a pastor, and he says, I mean, we're at the end of the whole letter here, and he's reflecting, he's on death row, they are going to, the Roman government's going to execute him by, they're going to behead him. And so his head was cut off around 65 AD, somewhere in there. And so he's at the end of his life, and he knows it. He, know, he know, He's aware. You read the whole book. He even says, the end of my life is near. The, the, the time of my death is near. And then he goes on to say, I've finished the course. I've stayed faithful to Jesus. But look at it. As he's speaking, he says something real interesting here. And, and, and he says in verse 16, the first time I was brought before the judge, No one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. Do you realize what this man did for people? He laid his life down. He went without food. He got beaten uh, five different times. He received the same beating on his back that Jesus took prior to the cross. One time in the book of Acts, he went into a town and preached. They stoned him to death, drug his dead body outside of the town, The Christians gathered around him and prayed. He got back up, raised from the dead, and walked right back into the same town. Are you crazy? He loved people. He gave everything for people. And then the one time that he needed somebody to be there for him, and he had a court date, and he stood before the judge, no one showed up for him. And every friend, everybody that he had saved their lives, everyone abandoned him in his moment of need. But what does he say next? May it not be counted against them. Like God, don't judge them. They, they abandoned me. They left me. Uh, and I can tell it probably hurt. We're, he's a human being here. It probably hurt, but he says, you know what? Please God, don't, don't count it against them. But look at verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me at that point from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And as he's facing the end of his life here, I know a lot of people that they would die bitter. That would have been enough to say, you know what? I needed them. They abandoned me. Nobody was there for me. And they would have just died with bitterness and hurt on their hearts. But Paul dealt with it. And check it out. I mean, that had to hurt. Paul died with no regrets and no bitterness and no ill will in his heart towards these people. And so I'm just bringing it in for a landing tonight. I've got a few minutes over my time. But I want to encourage you that right now, more than ever, you need to walk in the love of God that we've talked about. Don't let Satan tear apart your family this Christmas season. Don't let Satan come in and just get you so mad every day at work, so mad every day out on the road, so mad everywhere that you're just you're just a mess and no fun to be around. You need to do things the way that Jesus showed us here tonight, and it's not always the easy way. But I found out that the the right way is not always the easy way, but it is always the right way. And it always turns out better when we do things God's way. So what are we going to do? We're going to love our neighbor as ourself. We're going to guard our words and we're going to love, bless, do good, pray. Amen. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Pray that you've received the word of God tonight. Amen. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here, just a few minutes, And uh have Josh lead us in a worship song, but I'm going to have my prayer team come up. If you need prayer for anything tonight, anything at all, if you need us to agree with you and stand in faith, if you're fighting a battle and you need somebody in there to fight the battle with you, whatever it is, we want to do that. And so for just a few minutes here tonight, if you need prayer for anything, come on up and we're going to pray with you. And we're going to agree for God's hand in your life. Amen. Your promise still stands, and great
2: is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence that you never failed me to pass, my heart will sing your praise again, Jesus you're still enough, keep me within your love, my heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness faithfulness are still in your hands and this is my confidence that you never failed me I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way See you do it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence that you never failed me. Promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. and This is my confidence that you never failed me. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence you never failed me your promise still stands and great is your faithfulness your faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my
1: confidence that you never failed me right guys so we're going to go ahead and close things out tonight did anybody receive from the word of god this evening amen hallelujah well uh praise god remember that this sunday is the big christmas service so be here we got we got gifts we got uh dinner we've got all sorts of great stuff the kids are doing their play and of course you're going to get your 2022 high desert word center calendar and everybody just loves it. amen all right very good so the new calendars are in and it's going to be an awesome time amen well let's go ahead and close out in prayer tonight Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, we know that that you're not going to tell us to do something if it's not even a possibility, Lord. We know that with God, all things are possible. And so in the name of Jesus, the things that we've seen out of your word tonight, we can be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so I say in Jesus' name that we are loving our neighbors, we are blessing those around us, and we are refusing to curse people and call them names, but we're going to treat people how we want to be treated and we know you're just going to bless us for it and i thank you lord that every person here tonight every household every individual lord every man every woman every child we are walking in the blessing of god almighty in this christmas season and every day after that father we love you we praise you in jesus name can somebody say amen Amen. all right let's speak some words of faith over barstow tonight